again with another episode of Religion and Relationships. I am your host, Bradford Boxley. And I am your host, Miguel. And uh, today, we're going to continue with our series, You're a Christian, Now What? Now what? Uh, With another episode of Community. This is part two of our community, yes, um, and this is going to be obviously first and second, second to and last part. Um, but this is just, we just want to talk about just general applications, you know, mm. like things to know, things to be aware of, things you could do. Um, this is m- mainly like anecdotal, so we're going to be telling stories and stuff, so um, probably pointing you to some, a little bit of scripture, but um, we want you to get involved into community. That's basically it. So we're just we're gonna try to sell it to you like salesmen. Um, I'm not such a good salesman, but I used to work at Office Max, so <laughs> I could try to sell you a printer. <laughs> um, um, I'm not a salesman either, but I work in admissions, so I could try to get you to apply to a college. So <laughs> Moody and give me a shout in out. Particular. <laughs> um, so the first thing that we want to talk about is knowing yourself. Nobody truly knows themselves. Let's be honest here. I don't know myself. Um, but I know that I know what I know about myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know what my skills are, what I like, my likes and dislikes. Um, and these are very important when it comes to being a part of the body. So one thing that I found, one resource that I found that was really helpful in allowing me to learn a little bit about myself was the My Place Assessment. That was the first, uh, one of the first things that I've done um, in here at Moody. Uh, I had a class called Spiritual Life in Community, yeah. and it's a mandatory class, and also um, the... First, first year experience first, or first year seminar, depending what year you're in and when you win a Moody, but exactly. Um, and it's they basically make you take this test. They don't make you. I mean, it's but in all honesty, I I urge everybody who who's taking it to take it seriously because it's like eighty questions Agreed. and you can get tired of taking it. It's more than eighty questions. Trust me. Yeah, one. Assessment, I remember that <laughs> one of the assessments was eighty questions. I it was. Say. It's. I think it took me. Almost, I took it seriously, and it took me almost an hour to do. Yeah, because you have to yeah. really think about some of these questions on there. Um, because what it does is, what the My Place is, it's a spiritual gift um, kind of check. And, and it, it makes you see where you could be placed in ministry holistically. Um, I think if you, if you have a church that offers the My Place assessment, or, or if you can find a place that offers it for free— yeah. Um, maybe you could go online and try to take a pseudo test of it. Um, it, it is definitely a great place to start when, um, when talking about your spiritual gifts, because once you know yourself, once mm-hmm. you know, I am gifted in this, I'm a leader, I am a lover. I am a, a I, I love to listen and, and counsel. Once you understand these attributes about yourself, it is really important to use these, these gifts that you have in the church. Um, to grow yep. the church, to grow yourself, because you're not you're going to be accompanied with people who don't have your gifts. Yeah, and they have gifts that are different and are able to balance out your gifts or even complement your gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a look at that 
my place assessment. Also, I also uh, want to suggest the um, Myers-Briggs testing instrument. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of places that offer that. You can find a bunch of places online that offer that for free. Um, but I think that's it's just a, allows yourself to understand a little bit of yourself. Yeah. So I yeah, agree. I think Meyer Briggs is a great place to go to because it's, it really helps you understand your character type in society. And if you know your character type, you know how you function. What, what are, how do you play a part in society and more specifically in the church? And now complementing your spiritual gifts with, in light of who you are, how can I exhibit and use my spiritual gifts? And then allowing church leaders to understand and know your spiritual gifts based off how well they know you or if you're coming to a new church and someone's, hey, what, do you know your spiritual gifts? You're going to help them understand how, how can you serve the church and how can the church help you better uh, learn how to use your gifts for the, for the body of Christ. And it also allows you to understand your, your weaknesses, yeah. your pitfalls, where you do not strive well. Like, for example, um, um, let's say Joe— He's an amazing leader. He he knows he's actually leading a Fortune 500 company as we speak. Are you going to put him in the kids section? You know, he he might not be good with kids. Joe Joe is actually he likes adults. That's his age. Maybe maybe at the youngest youngest uh, uh college age kids, but um college age adults I should say. Yeah. Um, but. He's not going to work well with with um, kids. Or you have James who loves kids. He's a stay at home dad. You know, <laughs> like he loves toting kids around and and playing playing games and going out to play to- toss the ball and stuff like that. So you really want to understand who you are, what your pitfalls are, in, in um, your potential pitfalls are, your potential weaknesses, and allow the allow the yourself to understand. Okay, this person. Or this church will allow me to use my gifts to the extreme and minimize my weaknesses, um, or or find somebody who balances out um, my weaknesses, so um, I could basically be at my best at all times. Yeah, you know, because sometimes we need a break. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, <laughs> he's got a oof. So um, we've been talking a lot about spiritual gifts. So what are the spiritual gifts? And this is the um this is really important for you to understand. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Just read it. Just read it. Um we're gonna read a little bit of it, but just read it. It is it is uh gives you a good understanding of what uh you could be potentially blessed with. At the minimum, um, as I've been told by one of my professors, at the minimum you have one. At the minimum. Some people are blessed with multiple. Um, I, I don't want to be prideful, <laughs> but I think I'm blessed with a few. You know, I have a few under my belt, and um, I, I know you are blessed with a few as well, Mike uh, Miguel. Yeah, about I think it's about four or five. Results may vary. I, I, I have my four, but I can't recall them right now. So, so, um. There is on the my place assessment. They go. They have a huge list. It's a little bit more. Um, they kind of expound on where well, where. Uh, the my place. There's there's the Corinthians twelve, but there's another location I believe that 
also has a list of gifts, if I'm not mistaken. Three Thessalonians? I want to say it's a T. It starts with a T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll look it up right quick. But um, um go, but in the meantime, I will read First Corinthians twelve. And basically, uh, when you want it, you want to take it take it from with an open ear and an open perspective. You know, the Bible is not going to tell you tell you something that's not true. And there's multiple viewpoints on these spiritual gifts. If they're of days of the past, and we don't have these spiritual gifts to Oh yeah, we have all these spiritual gifts and then some. Um, so find out what you're, what you want to understand, where you, where you align with, and and make sure you truly understand where you, where you're coming from. We're actually going to uh, our next episode on, uh, and final episode actually on you're a Christian now what we're gonna give basically talk about books, but um, because reading is essential and sharpening your mind and basically keeping your mind as sharp as possible is important in this faith. But besides all that, First Corinthians four through First uh, Corinthians twelve four through eleven. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and that and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Mm -hmm. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given, uh, given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, mm -hmm. this, this, as you could tell, there's, there's an underlying, um, um, what he's speaking to is underlying as well. People felt like they, at this time in the Corinthians, they felt that they were given each one a different spirit. But Paul had to basically correct them and say, no, it's all one spirit and not one is better than the other. You know, uh, no one gift is better than the other because it's all coming from the same God, the same spirit, uh, who, as as it says, apportions to each one individually as he wills. Yeah. So uh, just a quick list of, um, spiritual gifts that have been found in the Bible and spiritual gifts in the sense of these are things that we've been given by God and how we have been blessed to be of assistance to the church. Mm -hmm. um, Romans 12, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, teaching. As we read 1 Corinthians 12, administration, apostleship, discernment, faith, healings, helps, knowledge, miracles. Again, we have prophecy, teaching, now we have tongues and interpretation of tongues and wisdom. Ephesians 4, again, we have apostleship. We also have evangelism, a pastor, which is sometimes seen as shepherding or teaching, depending who you are and your interpretation of it. Again, we have prophecy and teaching also listed. And there's a few missed passages that list celibacy as a gift, hospitality as a gift, martyrdom as a gift, uh, missionary or evangelism, how some would choose to call it, mm -hmm. uh, also as a gift. And then voluntary poverty is also can be considered a gift. Oh. Again, those last five were more, this is how God has chosen us to 
be of assistance and a blessing to the church. Yeah. Uh, the other three passages would be, again, that's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Those are more what people would consider. Here's where we get a, here's what we compile as an overall agreement of the spiritual gifts. And you want to use them or mm -hmm. you'll lose them. Yeah. That's another big takeaway because you could get be given the gift of wisdom or knowledge, but if you're not sharpening your wisdom with the Bible, sharpening your knowledge with reading and, and understanding, you could lose them really quick. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's almost like the classic, oh, if you, don't, if you don't practice math, you lose math. I haven't practiced math in a few years. <laughs> I promise you, if you try to get me to do a little calculus, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, so with these gifts, now that you know yourself, you, take the, you took the My Place assessment, you took uh, the MBTI, you know who you are, you know what you're doing. Um, you, you've read 1 Corinthians, Romans, and all these passages. How do you get involved? Yeah. Very simple. Find a church. You should be in a church at this point. If you're not in the church, I encourage you to find a church. I encourage you with the utmost fervor, <laughs> get it to a church. And um, there's going to be a need. They're going to be like, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're looking for this. We're looking for uh, youth, youth men, uh, ministry volunteers. We need, we need parkers. We need people who will guide uh, and park, uh, help people park. You know, um, there's going to be a need. Yeah. But in order to hear those needs, you don't just enter the church and leave the church immediately after it's over. You, you, you have to be a member of the church. Do things after church. Help tear down if they're a, 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 a plant, a church plant. Yeah. And they're like we were in church plant and we were in a, a school for most of our church years, you know, yeah. and we were we would help and tear down and set up early in the morning or um, late in the afternoon, like two, 12, um, one, two o'clock. We're tearing down the church, you know, turning it back into a school. So there is definitely a need. Get involved. Listen, mm -hmm. like ask, ask a pastor, ask a deacon or, or whoever. How can I get involved and how can I use my gifts? Definitely. Don't be afraid to ask because they will, especially if it's a healthy church, they will welcome you with open arms, get you involved. Like, you know what? Actually, I don't know, but I actually heard uh, such and such who was the head leader in the youth men area. They need they need baby holders, you know? That's a serious role. That's not even a joke. It, it, yeah, it is a serious I'm not holding no one's baby, but I'm too scared to do that. But if you want to hold a baby, please do. Fun fact, I actually used to be a baby holder when I was in my middle school years oh. um, at Christ Fellowship. I, I don't know. It's, I never thought I was capable of that. Yeah. And I it, recently it dawned on me that I used to be a baby holder. And I was like, wow. And that was such a good time in my life. Like, I, I felt needed, even as a youth. Yeah. You know, um, if you have kids, get them involved. Because yeah. kids have kids. You, if you're a parent, I think you know your kids have gifts. Oh, you know, yeah. whether they're excel at reading or excel at math, you know, get them involved. Um, but, yeah, I remember I was I was holding those um, the babies then and just making sure they don't, you know, hurt themselves and stuff. And I don't know. I just, I just used to adore like one or two of them. I had favorites, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, man, I love you guys. Uh, I remember one of them was Gabriella. Her name was Gabriella. Anyway, 
Um, but volunteering, and this 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 is this is important. Um, you want to volunteer into a church. Yeah. Get uh, do something, um, and and invest in those good relationships. Investing in relationships is is key. Key. Because we have things like small group. Yeah. You have small group. Um, you have discipleship. discipleship. You have just on campus here. Even though we're not a church, it is a community that is set, that is still the body of Christ nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And we do life group here mm-hmm. where once a week we get together in some shape, way, or form and we get to commune and care for one another, whether it's reading the Bible or confession, accountability, whatever it is, we get to do life together. And this is, he's, he said, uh, getting involved in life group or a small group. We're going to tackle each one, actually. Small group, discipleship, and just just general friendship. Yeah. You know? But we're going to do small group first. Getting involved in a small group is is really important because you have your church on Sundays, but sometimes you need to scratch that church itch. You know? Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna get involved in a small group. Maybe it's a men's group or a ladies' yeah. group or a young adults group. Um, get involved. And not only that, when you get involved into something like that, you are now in, instead of in a huge congregation of 50 plus people, sometimes thousands, if it's a mega church, yeah. um, you dwindle it all the way down to just a couple, just a handful, like maybe 10 or 15, you know, 10 or 15 people that are able to pour into you, 10 or 15 people, maybe sometimes if it's a church plant, five or three, yeah. you guys go to a coffee shop. That intimate setting where it's just like, mm-hmm. hey, I feel comfortable, I feel safe, you know, and we're just sitting here chatting, yeah, you know. And obviously, there's a goal in small groups. You you talk about a certain passage, and you you try to sharpen each other. Um, you talk about how your day's been, but do not feel afraid to get involved into a small group and open up, be vulnerable. You know, I mean, you may not want to do that the first time because it's scary. You know, it's your first time. You want to sit in maybe a few times. But once you understand that these are people, individuals that you really, uh, that really show interest and care for you, but you could actually care for them as well, open up, mm. you know, get get to know them and 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 be vulnerable. Like I've, I, in my small group, um, we had a small group of a small group. We we called it a CTT. Remember court yeah. time. Um, we used to basically after small group, we would walk to Starbucks and a oh, group. It was it, so it was it wasn't after small group. It was a random day apart from. It was Wednesday. No, no, it was Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, it was Fridays. It was Fridays. So what we would do is after school around seven p.m. or yeah. so, we'd all gather together to Starbucks. And crack open our body, our body. No, <laughs> no, I crack open the Bible, um, the Bible as the yeah. body of Christ. Like it was this. Yes, we can do things at church all the time, or we can do things on our own and study the Word together. Yes, apart from having to have a pastor or a leader there. Yes. I mean, part of that played into that some of us were leaders ourselves, mm-hmm. but a big want was to be able to have another day where we can just get together as. People who live close to each other walk over to Starbucks and read the Bible, and and it was such an edifying experience, especially when one person would cry out for help, 
uh, not actually cry or yell, but they would be like, hey, I'm struggling with this, you know? And when you see that and you're struggling with the same thing, it's just like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. You know, like it feels so good, even though it's like, it's like, yeah, you're still struggling with it. But now it's like, okay, now I'm able to open up about it because I'm not alone in this struggle. And this person, it could help me with with their struggle or these these group of individuals can help me in in this struggle. Yeah. And that's that kind of comes into bearing each other's burdens. Yep. Temptation is a huge burden. It burdens our flesh, you know, and and it's it needs to be handled with a community. Um, Definitely. Being in being in a small group huge, huge. And and also with being in a small group is that it, you create relationships. It's an easy way to create relationships. Yeah. It's it's so difficult to get a relationship with somebody um, in in a in a congregational setting with hundred plus people. Everybody's moving around and trying to just leave and go about their business. Yeah, you know, it, it, like hey, hi, hi oh, okay, uh, hey, <laughs> hi, hi, you know, like you you are yeah. able to in a small group. You're able to sit down. And talk to the person and and open up and and get to know them and then you you find that it's such edifying relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that is is uh, mentorship digging a little deeper, huge, especially with people in our age group. If you're yeah. a young adult or even younger, I mean, you could be uh, uh, thirty years old or, or forty years old. There's, there's no oh, there's no age cap to there's mentorship. No, there's no Never. age cap, and that's the beauty of it. There's always somebody older than you. There's or always someone who, who, does, they don't even have to be older than you, but who's spiritually more mature than you are. Yes. Or who's, you know, maybe the same age and maybe in the same role as you, but the way they do life or view certain things are different than you, and that that constantly sharpening one another, even. Yes, and that that is a, such a beautiful dynamic, especially in this day and age. We live, like, what is it, uh, here in my garage, you know, just bought this new Lamborghini. What's yeah. it Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was like the beginning of the mentorship at epidemic. You know, like, everybody needed a mentor. You know, oh, do you have a mentor? My mentor is, like, $3 million, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, but, like, we have to, let's take pride in our, our mentors in church. You yeah. know, people who are able to be like, hey, like, for me, um, hey, I have two kids going on a third and I'm going to pour into you. Yeah. You know, I'm going I've I've already done this stage of life. Let me give you some help. Let me give you some wisdom. Let's live life together as you're moving through this chapter. Exactly. And and it's it's just so edifying. It's so like you feel loved because and there's there's a few people I could that come to mind that have mentors and without them it's like it's like, how did I live without a mentor? You know, like it's like almost like going through life blind. But when you when somebody's ahead of you, like, hey, I've actually watched watched walked this path. Like, let me show you the shortcut. Yeah. Easy money, bro. And that that's something that should be celebrated. So don't be afraid to look to somebody that's a little older than you or even more. You find that like you kind of have to humble yourself and suck up that pride and say, hey. You know what? Maybe I'm not in the uh um uh the most spiritually mature, but and this person is is as older me as me or a little bit younger. But hey, you know what? I'm gonna ask them 
to to mm-hmm. guide me spiritually, you know, and be my mentor, point me to the right passages. And there's going to come a time where they're going to out use, they're going to, they're not going to be useful anymore. They're not going to be a mentor. Yeah, you know that there's no longer going to be that mentor uh, to student dynamic. It's more now student to student. Don't be afraid to find another mentor. Yeah. Um, my pastor, Pastor Angel. Um, he says, don't be afraid to have hundreds of mentors. I have a mentor for everything. I have a mentor <laughs> for my car. I have a mentor for it. You know, like, and he was telling yeah. You know, and I was just like, that is so smart. You don't need one person. You don't. It's, life is a dynamic, ever-changing thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need a mentor for something that seems trivial or something that seems big. Like, I'm about to get married. Oh, not me. Not really. No, idea. Just <laughs> idea. Like, like just, just as an put example. It out there. As an example, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I was going to um, fight you. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to be like, you're getting married. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm getting married, and I've never done this before. This is this is a huge step. Well, I know such and such it, it has already been through this. They have, are getting their first kid. Let me ask them. Mm-hmm. Let, let them guide me. Let them teach me. How to do this properly. And if, if anyone thinks they're, oh, I don't need a mentor. I got this. Uh, false. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titus 2, literally, Paul is telling Titus, hey, this is a message to the older men. Mentor, like, teach and, and correct the younger. This is a message to the older women. Teach and correct the younger women. Mm-hmm. This is an urge to the young women. Here's how you should be like. Seek older women to help you out. Mm-hmm. Here's an urge to the young men. Here's what you should be like. Seek correction from the older men. It's we're, something we've been called to and urged by, even by Paul. Mm. So and, just and an idea. It's it's it creates a good community. Yeah. Because when people are now having wisdom passed down, you know, and and it's just like okay, I'm able to act better. Yeah. I'm able to do better. I'm able to hone my gifts, my spiritual gifts, better. Um. So if you are of age. And you feel like, you know what? I am spiritually mature. I can offer a, a student, a, a mentor-student relationship. Yeah. And I'm, I'm good enough to mentor. Like, I would ask, probably suggest that you have somebody, maybe pass it by your pastor or something. But ask, hey, can I be a mentor? You know, mm-hmm. go to the, go to, if you're like, I don't know, you're college age, go to the high school group and be like, hey, Volunteer there and, and find that kid who you could pour into. Yeah. I mean, don't don't just say, hey, I'm pouring into you, you ah. know, like, and grab them. But, you know, like, find somebody. It's like, hey, c- can I mentor you? You know, like, yeah. like and you'd be surprised because kids, like, especially in our in our age, like, I was, I want somebody to mentor me. Yeah. You know, I was looking, you know. So don't be afraid to, if you're of age, if you're older, yes, find that kid. Find that, those group, that small group. Mm-hmm. And go through a bike, uh, a bi- a book. What was that book? Um, um, Gospel Center Life. Gospel. Ah man. Ah, such a. I really recommend it if you're looking for material to go through with your mentor, or if you are planning to mentor someone and want to go through a series with someone. Gospel Centered Life. Great series. And potential things to stay away from. Yes, the don'ts. Don't. I, I think pride is obviously at the top of the list. Yeah. You need you need this community. Like it's it's I I'm gonna be honest. The reason why I say that is because I at one point thought I don't need a community. Mm. I could do this by myself. Mm. Um, I didn't say that last time, but I feel like this is uh, important now. Yeah. I used to feel like you know what, um, I could do bad all by myself. I could read the Bible. I could do this. You know, 
And after going through the Bible and I, it just, I was just like, I can't get what I thought I could get. Mm. Go back to church and I'm, I'm going to church and then, uh, my group of friends come up. My at this time they weren't friends, but you know I thought they were obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, he Miguel did. was a part of that group. I don't blame you. I think I'm obnoxious. What you know? But they they started to be involved in community, and as I was trying to do it alone, they surpassed me in knowledge in a matter of months. I think it was like two months where they started quoting scripture. They were being mentored. They were doing all the right things, and I was left alone i was left in the dust and i was astounded by just how crazy uh uh crazy fast they they got up there and it was because they did the right things and they didn't do it alone and they didn't let their pride blind them Mm -hmm. you know i'm here i am a, a christian for i think it was like four I mean, five or six years, and these guys just got baptized yesterday, and they're quoting scripture. They're going out on mission and and trying to feed the homeless and doing just on fire for the Lord. And I was just like, I was so jealous. I was like, I gotta join them. <laughs> yeah. You know. So so please don't let pride be your downfall. And then I, for me, I'd say one thing that. I thought of instantly I don't do, especially being part of a community that you've agreed to be held accountable by. When they call out your sin, don't walk away. Mm. Don't step away and don't run away. Uh, I experienced this firsthand. I was dating a girl and I was removed from the spoken word team because I was being unequally yoked and choosing to be, be in a relationship with someone who didn't want to honor God at all. And I was like, Oh, beat me? No, beep you. So I left the church. And that was when things went downhill super fast. I don't know if things would have been different had I stayed in the church. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done certain things. But I do know that my church would have still held me accountable. They still would have loved me. And they still would have walked with me through everything. And they they still did love you. Yes. But it's just like when you allow your your hubris your pride your you know just like i am i am not i'm not i'm not i shouldn't be here when you allow that to 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 blind you you're on your you're on your way to hurt to hurtsville you know world of hurt so so yeah if if somebody comes and corrects you humble yourself yeah humble your heart and be like okay let's talk about it you know what i like to sit and have coffee with you i want to i want to actually dive into this because if this is a truly an issue, I don't want to hurt um, not only myself, but the people around me. Yeah. Um, another big thing to stay away from is just being, as, as we said uh, last year, being a toxic person. So you hear that. I think us as millennials, we hear that, um, oh, you're being toxic. You're being toxic. What does that mean? We went into it. Titus 310, uh, Titus 112, and I think Romans 12 too. Yep. Um, we, you know, it's when you're a busybody. Yeah. When when you're talking behind people's back, oh, did you see what so, so-and-so did? Oh, uh, you know, you're po- pointing and wagging the figure when you're not above reproach. When you're purposely going against the grain that you've been called to follow. Yes. And when you, when you become enviable, when mm-hmm. you start, you know, sowing your seeds of discord and wanting to disrupt a community, yeah. sometimes you're blind to it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't know. 
But when somebody calls you out, and somebody usually does, at least in 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 the churches that I've been a part of, whenever there was a a, a regrettable action displayed by a, a member, they they silently pull them aside and they talk to them. And if you're if you're not allowing that to pierce your heart, you 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 have to repent. You have to. You repent. have to. If somebody's calling it out, it's not because they're trying to harm you. It's okay. We all fall, and they understand that too. Mm-hmm. Seek repentance. Uh, seek the Lord, and and really tr- ask somebody to hold you accountable. Usually, your mentor or a small group. That's why we can't do this alone because we need other people exactly. to see our blind spots. Yeah. Um, and then um, another thing that came to mind was, and I'm going to explain what I'm going to say after. The, the church is no place for a politician. It's a place for blue-collar workers. Mm-hmm. The church isn't a place for people to talk about theology and give a bunch of ideas and these concepts and make their words sound fancy. No, the, the church is a, pl- is a place for people who are going to go out and work on behalf of Christ, do what they've been called to, get in the mud and do the dirty part of life together. Mm-hmm. It's not a place to wear your tuxedo and think it's not going to get cut open. Mm-hmm. It's put on your work clothes, get down into the nitty gritty of life. The church is the body. The church is meant for the body of Christ to do life and commune together and continue to actually represent Christ properly and then go out and reach the community, reach the people overseas, reach the people who, who aren't living for Christ the way they're called to. And don't feel like uh, this is saying like, oh, if you're a white collar worker, yeah. you know, you're not a welcome in the church. That is, no, I repeat that. That is, not, that what that is not what he's saying. It, it's basically, it's just like, don't come with the heart posture of somebody who's not willing to get dirty. You have your best uh, uh, Nikes on or your best your Sunday best, and you're like, I'm not going to get dirty today. No, you are going to get dirty. Yeah. And you shouldn't be afraid of the dirt. You know, I, somebody just said, hey, you, you um, I don't know, you're toxic in this way. You, you're prideful. You're very prideful, let's just say. That got you dirty. You know, you, you feel all, all this kind of feelings and like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, like, you know, but you cannot be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, snap. Dirt was just revealed. Let me seek, uh, let me seek some help on this. Let yeah. me seek accountability. Let me, let me try my best to uh, uh, give glory to God instead of myself, you know. And, and it's, it's, it's all, again, we're, this is all one big walk. We're on yeah. the same path. Mm-hmm. And I, if you've ever been on the hiking trail or if you, even if you're running in, like, you know, in the city or something, when you see somebody running next to you, when you see somebody hiking next to you, and you guys are able to strike up a conversation or, or something, uh, that means a lot. It shows you that you're not alone, and it shows you that, like, you know, if something were to happen, somebody's there to pick you up and carry yeah. your burden. But that is the end of today's episode. I'm so happy that you guys joined us. And remember, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship that God chose to reestablish with his children. Amen. Amen.